Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and tonight we have the Olsen twins. Not as guests, but that means we've got a full house, and it's very exciting stuff. I've got my co-host, Drake. I've got my co-host, Dave. Yeah, you guys like it. And we are brought to you by Sonos, the world's leader in sound quality, especially for sports. Guys, if you want to hear the announcers, use your TV speakers. If you want to hear every sound in the stadium, including the players talking crap to each other, Get Sonos. Great soundbar. It hooks up with all your smart devices, everything you need. Sonos has got you covered. And we've got you covered tonight with a wonderful show for your favorite daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. We're going to talk about all the coaching stuff going on. we got one actual fact with Randy Shannon, and we've got one major rumor about Kenny Dillingham. After that, we're going to talk players. we got to look at what could these new coaching changes mean when we're two days away from National Signing Day. As you listen to this, as we record it, we're three days away. And then we're going to talk about the new athletic director. There was a little bit of drama down the stretch there, very similar to Formula One. If you watched it over the weekend, Max Verstappen, well, I hate you still. And that was a travesty. But nonetheless, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are three Florida State fans who spend our evenings talking about Florida State sports. That way you guys can spend your mornings listening to it. We appreciate you making us your first listen. And the only reason we get to do it is because you listen to us regularly. And we love you for it. So, guys, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. I've eaten enough time up. Let's play the video for the people and let's dive in. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, if you're on the podcast, and you're on the podcast app, go into it, open up our show. You'll see a little plus sign, top right corner. If you hit that, we will pop up to the top of your queue every single day that we publish, which is Monday through Friday. That way, you don't have to go looking for us every single day, but we appreciate the effort you're putting in. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to the channel and hit the bell to get notifications because sometimes we go live. We try to give you a heads up, but hey, Sometimes we just roll with it and it ends up as a live show and we love having y'all spectate that. Gentlemen, now that we got all the housekeeping out of the way, (laughs) good housekeeping. What, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Bad Max basketball sucks and I'm relying on a five and seven football team to make me happy. Okay, that's fair, Drake. How are you, buddy? Christmas shopping's (laughs) almost done, man. I just got woke up from my nap. I got my coffee and ham. I'm good. I got pizza on the way over here. I am dope. It is 7.30 at night, and you just woke up from a nap. Love it, love it, love it. Again, Two folks, hours. this show is going to be a good one. All right, it's brought to you by uh, Seminole Hats, Lululemon T-shirts, and apparently waking up from a nap at 7.30 p.m. Guys, interesting piece of news broke today. Again, folks, Sunday as we are recording this, Monday as you're listening to it. In fact, as you're listening to this, it, this, this situation may have may have wrapped up, and we may be doing a breaking news. So, again, we'll do that on YouTube. Kenny Dillingham is being pursued because Dan Lanning apparently is trying to assemble the youngest coaching staff ever created. That's right. The 35-year-old defensive coordinator Wonderkin from Georgia has flown himself to Oregon to take the head coaching job of the Ducks. And there's a rumor, and not really even a rumor. I mean, it's it came from who? Um, uh, 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 Bruce Feldman, one of the most credible you know, football insiders out there that he has active interest in our own very young wonderkin, Kenny Dillingham. Guys, uh, 
We're going to talk about the ramifications of losing Kenny in a second, but what do you just make of this pairing, him and Lanning, and, and where, where do you think that came from? Do you think, you know, how legit do you think this is? What do you guys think about it? Jake, you want to talk about where it came from? Because I got a lot of thoughts on it. You go first, then. Yeah, so it came from them working together under Norvella, Memphis. Um, I will say that I probably have an unpopular opinion here. Please, please let this happen. I don't love our play calling a lot of the time. Max, I know we disagree a lot on that. Too too many, just like basketball, just too many periods of time where it feels like we're not doing any anything with any intent to score. And I don't like that. So I'm okay with Kenny Dillingham leaving. So my thing about it, it's mainly like Dave's right. I mean, they're not only they work together, apparently they're super close friends. I think Josh Newberg from 247 Sports reported that actually they were, I think um, Dan was at Kenny's wedding. I think was in the wedding, I think for the, the time being. And that's, I think more, I'm on the opposite side of the day, I think more with you, Max, on this because primarily you're not going to find another signal uh, signal caller, even though we all know that Norvell is the primary play caller actually for the team, especially after the the weight game. And you're not going to go out there and find someone with a different philosophy, but also someone that can work really, really well with Coach Norvell, especially because we need, you know, Jordan Travis, you know, he's, he's going to be the starting quarterback heading into the year. It's going to be hard to kind of like bring someone in that kind of understands that moving forward. So it's kind of a loss for that. But I personally, I think all I did was reach out because they're friends. I would look more towards maybe Tony Tokar's the offensive assistant. He was a tight end coach actually at Memphis. He's been on the on the staff I think for two years now. I think that's going to be someone actually you'll be seeing going over to Oregon instead of Kenny. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take uh, a little bit from each of you guys. So first of all, yes, the Memphis thing obviously, but they also were together in Arizona State for a year. Um, I think Kenny was. I think they might have been GAs together or something like that. So there's some history there. Um, they again worked together at two stops. I I think that it would be very bizarre for him to take Kenny. And here here's why. Kenny, in my opinion, isn't really much of an offensive coordinator, not skill-wise, but just in his role. No, I don't mean it like the way you mean it. But he he's much more of the quarterback's coach, and he helps design the game plans, and he, and he helps come up with those things. But he's, he's much less of a traditional OC, very much in the same way that Dan Lanning has been at Georgia under an offense or defensively-minded head coach with Kirby Smart. I don't know if it's the brightest move by Dan Lanning to take, a, you know, an OC who isn't a full-blown fully delegated OC and bring that on his staff um, as a first year head coach who, again, he's only 35 years old. Landing is Dillingham's only 31. That would be freaking like, I would, I would love to know this. If they were to work as OC and head coach, how many active FBS head coaches would be older than their combined age? Because it would probably be out of 129, I would bet 65 or 70, um, which would be pretty nuts. But yeah, yeah. Cause they're what 30, they're what six, a couple dozen at least. It was yeah, like Kenny, mo- I think most of the ACC. I think I think Kenny is like 32, and I think Dan you said was like 30, 35. So he's 35, 35, yeah, yeah. Uh, but getting getting off of that, I I I don't really hold much weight of the play calling against Kenny. I you know I think where we've seen him shine is is the quarterbacks. You know we saw what Bo Nix became when he was at Auburn. I mean he went went from a true freshman starting in the SEC to SEC Rookie of the Year. Um, we saw Jordan Travis progress wildly as a passer this year and that's with him missing like 50 percent of his practices right like you wonder what could kenny have done with him if he was healthy all year um now now, and not only that i mean the recruiting too like if you lose dillingham you might you're going to have an issue maybe with duffy coming in because of that relationship and also chris parson the quarterback actually out of texas tennessee who's kind of been the main reason why he's coming to fsu is because of coach dillingham let me say this maybe i overstated things a little bit 
it's no, not, it's it's, you, it's not that I it's not that I necessarily want him to leave. It's that if it happens, I, I don't think it's a huge loss for us. I think we'll be able to replace him. It's obvious that coaches that work with Norvell end up being promoted. Not that that would be a promotion, but people who coach with and around Mike Norvell tend to increase their stock. So yeah. I'm certain we'll be able to find somebody who, you know, it'll suck the first year having to get another offensive coordinator in there, but Norvell controls the offense largely, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, so I'm worried about two things. One, I'm worried. Well, first, let me let me say this. Those are great points. I, I think that Norvell is kind of the, the controller of the offense. In fact, he had his best year at Memphis after Dillingham went to Auburn. So it's not like these two can't succeed without each other, but I like having them together. I also worry... Does Norvell believe in Travis the way Dillingham does? We know the answer is no. And yeah. does he get too caught up in trying to bring a transfer in and totally revamp the offense? Because, again, we, we've said this 100 times. You have to design certain parts of your offense with Jordan Travis in mind. Otherwise, you are not using him to his full capability, and that is a waste of resources. So if Norvell spends the entire offseason one foot in, one foot out, kind of trying to, okay, some Jordan Travis stuff, but some stuff in case he's not the starter, and then Jordan ends up being the starter. Well, that's it's just a waste. And if Jordan isn't the starter because he didn't give him the opportunity to by not designing plays for him, that's also not fair to Jordan. And you probably see a Jordan Travis transfer because of that. So that's where I'm really scared seeing Dillingham leave. I want to put the foot the shoe on the other foot for a moment and look at it from Dan Lanning's perspective. I said I don't think this makes a ton of sense given you know the fact that. He's not a full-blown autonomous offensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, same way as defensive coordinator. But I had another thought. If anyone's going to understand how hard it is to have that kind of job and how much you actually do behind the scenes you don't get credit for, it's probably the guy who feels like he's the reason Georgia is in the playoffs and everyone said he wasn't a real D.C. So Lanning probably understands a lot of what, you know, can really read between the lines on what Kenny's actually done. Secondly, Kenny's from Arizona. That is a now that, by the way, USC has, uh, what's his name, uh, Pete Carroll Jr. Probably. Yeah, the, the resemblance. It, he's Pete Carroll with a weaker chin. It's uncanny. Now that he's at, Cal at USC, I think you're going to have a lot of trouble getting the Southern California guys to Oregon. Tax rates in California are very, very high. People are tired of paying them. With COVID, more people are working from home. This isn't a political rant. This is just to say, look at the numbers of people moving from California to Arizona. It is staggering. It's, all, it's second behind Texas, I think, for expats from California. The talent pool there is only increasing year after year after year. So having a guy like Kenny that has deep ties to Arizona, who is still grabbing Arizona kids even while he's at Florida State, makes a lot of sense to put on your staff. Um, yeah, so it, it, I would not be surprised if Lanning makes a move on this. And yep. I don't, to Dave's point, know. I'll just ask each of you yes or no. If, if Kenny gets an offer, is he a – coordinator we'd like to keep or is he a backup the brinks truck to make sure he doesn't leave type coordinator first one first one yeah i i, I totally agree that's i i hate when we all agree because it's kind of boring but i feel the same way like i think if landing comes in and goes hey nine hundred thousand dollars a year plus incentives if we win the pac 12 you make 1.1 I, I think dillingham's gone speaking of getting paid i gotta tell you guys about some of our friends drake who do i got to tell them about because i don't have the list in front of me because again mobile command centers y'all can see your favorite app of all time. All of our favorite apps here. Oh, Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Oh, man. See, dude, I knew it before you said it. Guys, Prize Picks is dope. It's like daily fantasy, but a little more exciting. So what you do is you draft a team of three to five players. And instead of counting like fantasy points, 
all that you're going to have for each player is a specific prop. So if you draft a receiver, uh, if you get whatever step, whatever, uh, I don't know, a receiver off the top of my head, um, draft a receiver, it might say, hey, do you think he's going to go over or under 98 receiving yards? You pick over and he goes over it. That guy is a win for you. If three of your five picks win, you win some money on your return so or on your entries. You put 20 bucks in, three of five hit, you probably win like 35 bucks. If four of five hit, you win a good amount of money. So a $20 entry, I think you'd win 60. If five out of five hit, you win a 10X on your entry. So you put in 20 on that entry, you're going to make back $200. And it is a really good day and drinks are on you. So go to prize picks, P-R-I-Z-E-P-I-C-K-S. It's in the app store. It's in the Google Play Store. Whatever you use for your mobile device, download prize picks and use promo code locked on when you set up your account. And they will match your first deposit of up to $100, 100%. So you put in $100, they'll give you $100 free to play with. Prize picks, folks. App Store, Google Play Store. Enjoy it now. Thank me later. So now I want to move on, and this will have a tangential um, relationship to the previous conversation. We have Kenny Dillingham maybe leaving, maybe not. We'll have more clarity on that. I would guess by Tuesday afternoon, because here's the thing. Dan Lanning is going to Oregon. No one in Oregon knows who the heck this guy is. He just, no one knows whatever. It doesn't matter. They know he's a big name. He's got to try to salvage a recruiting class and you need to name an offensive coordinator when you're not an offensive guy. So these kids know who the hell is going to be coaching them. Uh, again, if it is Kenny, expect an offer to come very soon. Now, we also added Randy Shannon to our full-time staff as a linebackers coach. Chris Marv departed to go to Virginia Tech. So, what impact do you guys think it can be either? It can be both. I don't care. Round robin it. Do you guys see this having on national signing day, early national signing day, which is in three days? So one of the big things I think is not only is Randy Shan now the linebackers coach, he's now officially the co-defensive coordinator. So, which I think is a big extra step up, which I'm not a, as big of a fan of about, but one That's of the nice most, way to put it. one of the most important things actually I think with him moving from off field to on field is that he actually can do in-home visits. Now, that one of the big things that we had an issue with with Marv was in the coaching. He lacked a lot in the recruiting department. Yeah. And we need linebackers badly. Randy Shannon has been coaching linebackers since before you, all three of us were born here. He probably you coached half these recruits' parents, right? I mean, you yeah. figure he, he was coaching at what, Miami and, uh, or sorry, yeah, yeah, he was at yeah, Miami he was as a, a GA in like 92, 93. Yeah, he was a GA when Cristobal played in Miami. That's how old and in, in the game uh, Randy Shannon actually has been. And so to me, that's huge because we had visitors on campus. But also, he's able to go out and speak to maybe a Wesley Bissett and kind of like knock that tree down again and see, you know, what pops out. So it's going to be huge, I think, with the with recruiting wise. But also, I think it's going to show that maybe we're not super married to the idea of an Adam Fuller being our DC, you know, heading on to the future. And I, if you ask people around, one of the biggest issues with, you know, Adam Fuller not only was somewhat the coaching, but it was also that he doesn't connect really well with players recruiting wise. Because if you have two DCs, Kind of saying the one that originally wasn't the right guy for you. So that's kind of me moving forward. Yeah. And to add to your point of recruiting, one thing we can't afford to do, Florida State specifically, is lose South Florida to Miami and or Florida. Randy Shannon happens to have good relationships in South Florida. And, you know, it's if, if it had happened earlier, who knows if we would end up landing somebody like Nigel e. Kelly. We still may. But those are the kind of battles we need to win. And if we don't have relationships in South Florida, Drake, you can talk for hours, I'm sure, about this. 
you ain't landing anyone. Yeah, I, I will say this about the South Florida thing. By the way, folks, I'm sorry. I'm you see my mic move around. This is this is a relic. This is the microphone I bought for like twenty five dollars when we started Knowles Anonymous. Again, you can see mobile command center this week. My roof is being redone. I also want to spend time with my daughter this weekend, so I'm in Sarasota, Florida. No, 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 no. You didn't. You know, you literally, he, folks. This is how much of a great girl dad he is. He literally his flight. You know, he didn't. He missed it because you know some questionable people in the parking garage now literally a fender car. bender in the parking garage at atlanta's airport <laughs> and it's one lane i sat in the parking garage for 35 minutes trying to he park. drove Awful. six hours to pick up his daughter from school because he promised her that that's the kind of host you guys have here i'm max already you know first trouble like no, it's all good man i uh you know hey i keep my promises and uh you know but i just dude i so randy shan where was i going before that oh the south florida thing thank you drake i do appreciate it, it means a lot but i think we're almost like fighting for the FCS title and we're not aware of it yet. And if you're a Gator fan listening to this show, if you're a Canes fan listening to this show, sorry, it's just the reality. If you're a Florida state fan, sorry, it's the reality. But like the SEC is pillaging South Florida right now. And we just have to keep those guys at bay, but that's like not even the real fight. Like we got to get Alabama out of there. We got to run LSU out of there. We got to run Georgia out of there. We got to figure out how to not just take back, South Florida from the Canes and the Gators, but we have a lot more uh, uh, competitors down there than just the other of the quote big three. And I say that to further emphasize your point, Dave, like that is an area we really got to lock down because it's no longer, Hey, we're just trying to beat Miami. We're trying to beat five or six really good schools that have really deep roots down there. So it's, it's going to be a big fight. And I, I do think Randy Shannon could be a step in the right direction. That being said, I do not want Randy Shan to ever be the defensive coordinator. I think, and I'm just going to say it now because it's the time to have strong opinions. And I hope I, I I say this hoping I'm wrong. I genuinely hope I'm wrong. I think that was just such a lazy hire. I mean, we talk about Norvell sometimes, or we talk about other hires. Like we we didn't even do a coaching search, and I and I know National Signing Day is close and all that, but like we just promote the guy from within that's already struck out at two other schools. I mean, I don't. Just it, that one bugs me. But, hey, I hope I'm wrong, and we will judge him by his recruiting. Kenny Dillingham, that's going to be the interesting one because I, I don't know what effect it'll have. Like, you'd think an offensive coordinator leaving would have a huge effect, but like we just said, he's he's more of a quarterback's coach. He's more of a that kind of guy. I mean, Drake, are there any, like, active recruits you think that his departure would flip or completely push away, or do you think it's more like the 23 class and those kinds of kids that we probably have to worry about. I personally think you would lose Chris Parson, and that's the Tennessee okay. kid. He's the twenty-three Chris, kid, right? He's, yeah. he's not this class, though. Okay. No, I think you're. I think Duffy's really close with Dillingham because the Arizona ties. But I, we do have Ryan Barto, who reportedly, allegedly, is really close friends with Duffy's dad. That's kind of for a reason why Duffy, why Barto, kind of came in. Also, Barto's doing really well in the South Florida area. But to me, it's Chris Parson, and Chris Parson. If, Dave, I don't know if you've watched any of his highlights yeah, tape yeah. or anything like that. And to me, that kid's that kid's got EJ Manuel written all over it without the spinning sack, spinning into sacks kind of thing. Oh man. Yeah. And to me, 50% that's, of the listeners took that the way you meant it, and 50% of the listeners took that the other way. Yep. Yeah. Can you clarify a bit when you say EJ Manuel? Five star. EJ oh, Manuel. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the five star EJ Manuel, not the not the uh five star EJ Manuel that would spin into sacks and we would be pulling our hair out when I was a freshman and a sophomore in college. But, but that to me is more down the line to be hurtful, and it's kind of not where you want to be because we're finally we've been playing we've been playing catch up since we fired so since Jimbo left a few years ago, 
Now we're finally recruiting, you know, a few years ahead of pace. We're finally, you know, hey, we're not looking. We're already almost done with our class right for this year. And we're looking for next year and the year after. If you lose Dillingham, you're going to lose some of these kids down the line. And then you're going to be back to square one. Like, oh, no, now I got to play catch up and kind of reestablish these relationships. Uh, I, I just got to say one thing. Nobody knows anything about recruiting. I'm, I'm coming to realize this. I'm coming around on this. It's like oh, finally. It's like weatherman. Nobody that nobody that reports on recruiting actually has any damn idea what's going on, what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Yeah, but it, we we know. We I, shut up. We know things. Hold on. No, you're okay. All right. Hold sure. on. We're gonna if, if Kenny Dillingham does leave, we're gonna learn a lot that we would, for example, about like a Dan Lanning. Did he have anything to do with that defense at Georgia? Or was it all Kirby Smart? Was, and Will Muschamp. Was all the recruiting on offense here, Mike Norvell, or was Kenny Dillingham really a big factor in that? I don't think we really know the answer to that until it happens. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great point. Look, I love the weatherman analogy because a weatherman is very rarely wrong. People say they're wrong. A weatherman is pretty much never wrong, right? Because they just keep changing the predictions up until the weather happens, right? <laughs> right. It's like, you don't, if you, you know what I mean? Like, that's how recruiting is. Yeah, we say, oh, I think this might happen. This might happen. We're all wrong. Uh, we are wrong. 247 is wrong. No game day is wrong. No cast is wrong half the time. Like, <laughs> right. you know, the best sources out there, and I'm, I, I just, I didn't want, be taking shots. That's why I said every war chance wrong and pick your poison. We're all wrong until we're not right. Like national signing days in two days right now. It's really, really easy. Like we get paid to do this. All right. They all make a lot of money doing this. We, we wouldn't deserve any of that. If we couldn't two days before signing day, tell you what the class is going to look like. I mean, we have a pretty darn good idea right now, but yeah, looking ahead to 23, we're all just guessing. We don't know. We hear a little bit more, no offense, than you guys do because that's our job to talk to people and call people. But I don't know. We're, we're guessing. So I think that's a great point about Dillingham. I, I will say I firmly believe you don't lose like A.J. Duffy. I don't yeah. think he's going to. Look, that kid set, already said he wants to start school in January. Okay, That is 18 days from now. 17 as you're listening to this. 30 days. No, there's 31 days. It's 18 days as you're listening to this. 19 today. That kid's not. Where else is he going to go? I don't want to sound like an a-hole but his if he decides that kenny dillingham's a deal breaker he's going to come in for a year and transfer and hopefully mike can convince him during that time to stick around chris parsons yeah would probably be a loss but guys i, I think we're going to lose dillingham if we don't lose dillingham to oregon this year we're definitely losing him next year so if there's a recruit like i'd almost rather get him out of here than have like a sam howell walt bell situation next year yeah. where dillingham gets another job this time next year and then parsons decommits and we don't have anyone else on the board just Dillingham's just too talented to not eventually go somewhere else. And I don't know. What's up, guys? Drake here. Unfortunately, Max is mic cut out during his ad read, so now you're stuck with my voice. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about our friends over at On Location. Now, let's talk for a moment and about kicking things up a notch for the big game, a.k.a. Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 is actually at SoFi Stadium and is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime ticket, and experience package for the big game. I'm talking picking your seats. We're talking an elite experience, you know, with pregame celebration, hanging out with like folks like Marcus Allen and Tim Brown, and also getting fed by Mr. Wolf Bet Gang Puck himself. And you'll be accommodated by five-star hotels in the LA area. So head on over, visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash s.b.56 or search Super Bowl on location. 
anyway, I got to talk about Built Bar real quick, guys. You know that I love me some Built Bars, and you can bet on a few things in this life. The tax man will want his pound of flesh. The sun will rise in the east, set in the west, and I will always have a cabinet full of delicious, nutritious Built Bars. It doesn't matter if I'm in the old, old Casa of D.C., the new Casa of Tampa, the newest Casa of Marietta, Georgia, or the mobile command center here in Siesta Key, Florida, I will always have my Built Bars. I'm dedicated. You should be dedicated. We know Stacey and Holly are dedicated. They love Built Bars. You should too. So go to BuiltBar.com. 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs, and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5. You're checking out to get 15% off that first order or any order, I guess. Not your first one. I still use LOCKED15. So guys, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. And when you leave your five-star review, tell us what your favorite flavor is. Yeah, guys, so we're going to take it home real, real nice and easy tonight. We are going to talk about the new athletic director hire. It's going to be Michael Alford. I'm very excited about this because we've had Michael Alford on the show. We look forward to having him on again. And he was the CEO of the Boosters. He's worked at Alabama. He worked at the Dallas Cowboys, helped the Jones family build Jerry World. So we need to build new facilities. That is a great guy to have during that process. Uh, he also worked, I believe before that. So, oh, he was at Oklahoma before that he was at Cincinnati. I, look, I'm just going to put it out there. If you guys want to know if this is the right man for the job, all you have to know is he started at Cincinnati in ticket sales. Just, you know, like those guys that call you and sell tickets. He ended up marrying the volleyball coach. All right. This is the type of guy that when he sees a goal, he accomplishes it at the highest possible level. Uh, two of his three daughters have played Division One volleyball. He himself played Division One baseball at Mississippi State. He's just a he- he's a big sports fan. I, I know you think, oh, the athletic director, of course. Not all of them are. I mean, this guy really genuinely knows what college athletics can do for the student athlete. He has a passion for student athletes. He has a passion for collegiate athletics, and he's just the kind of guy that you want running this department. There was a little bit of drama where we allegedly offered Vince Tyree, and he told us no. I want to. I don't know if anyone's done this directly, but I'm going to put that rumor to bed right now. I actually am pretty plugged in the Louisville scene. I, I have a few friends because I work in the bourbon industry. They're pretty high level boosters there. Vince Tyree did not tell us no. That's not what happened. All right. According to my sources, Vince Tyree asked for more time, and we told him we are not giving you more time. Give us an answer right now. That is a very different thing than this weird narrative that oh look how far we've come that Miami's getting Clemson's athletic director and we weren't able to land Louisville's. Not what happened. Okay, the president, because it's, I'm also an alumni of Penn State, Louisville's president is now at Penn State. So I think this guy saw the president leaving, said, let me put some feelers out, see if maybe there's an avenue to there. That part is Max conjecture, by the way. And then he said, and this is confirmed by my sources, I need more time. And we said, we're not giving you more time. And we gave Michael all for the job. I love this hire because I understand that there are some people that said, hey, we don't want to lose a great head of the boosters by making him athletic director. And then what if we can't replace him? But I think it's a Schrodinger's cat. I think Michael Alford was not going to be the CEO of the Florida state boosters next year, regardless of the outcome of this search. It was just, is he going to be your athletic director or are you going to have a different athletic director and no Michael Alford? Um, that, that's pretty much my summary of the whole thing. Oh, that, and I kind of want to throw this out there too, for everyone him and Han, again, it, you know, it's weird because Miami's getting a new athletic director. They got Clemson, so there's been a lot of comparison. Ask yourself, and I don't mean to be condescending, but I had to do this to myself too. Ask yourself deep down. Do you really know what an athletic director does on a day-to-day basis? 
Like, are any of us really qualified to gauge an athletic director hire? I think, Drake, you're probably the only person I know who's worked in a Division I collegiate athletic department. Don't freak out, guys. Don't, don't panic. They have the guy from Clemson. That's awesome. Good for them. It's a splashy hire. But I can tell you from sitting across the table from him, from knowing his resume, and just from seeing the analytics of what he's done with the booster program, what he did for the Dallas Cowboys, what he did at Alabama, and what he did at Oklahoma, we have an amazing guy in this job, and we should all be very, very excited. Yeah, the two most important things to me are we have a guy who is experienced and accomplished at fundraising, including at the corporate level. And number two, we have a guy who understands the importance of football. Not to say that other ADs we've had don't. I don't know that David Coburn likes sports, to your point, about it being important that he likes sports. David Coburn was a glorified accountant. Um, he is not. He's not a two gl- seconds on that, by the way. Can we do a eulogy of David Coburn real quick? Um, just, yeah, why just not? Li- literally 10 seconds. I'll, I'll look at this. Right, 10 seconds. I, I will say this. I think David Coburn was the right guy for the job at the time. And I commend him for being made permanent athletic director and realize he's not an old guy. Right? He doesn't need to retire. And realizing, hey, maybe I should hand these reins over because, frankly, he could have. It would have been really hard to get him out of that position if he decided to stay and put his foot down. Said, no, no, I want five years. Maybe we get him out in three. But I commend him for what he did for the budget. He took a. I mean, we were literally telling kids not to take muscle milks out of the locker room because we were so broke. And he got us back on the right track financially. And then he bowed out when he realized the job had gotten too big for him. So I do think Coburn should go down as frankly, one of our better athletic directors in the sense of knowing what his job was and accomplishing that job and then handing it over when it was time for something. Thanks, David. We appreciate it, man. So with the Alfred hire, actually, I'm a big fan of the Alfred hire, Um, primarily because, like Max said, he's been there. He's started off, you know, I think the University of Cincinnati, actually at their athletic department, then did sales with the Bengals. He helped fundraise $400 million for the Death Star. Right, he was at the Bengals, too. You're right. So he's had two stints in the NFL. Yeah. So he also fundraised $400 million for the Dallas Cowboys for the Death Star, a.k.a. Jerry World, a.k.a. AT&T Stadium. Then he was the associate AD with the Oklahoma Sooners, which then led him to be the AD at Central Michigan for two years, and that's when we got him over the Seminole Boosters. And not only that, he's also been someone that coming in that also has filled out boosters and now filled out the actual organization for as a whole to kind of be a separate entity helping out the program. And now, with him actually going to the AD, the AD spot, I would not be surprised if someone from his old stomping grounds in Alabama comes in and becomes president for the AD, and that's JP, a.k.a. Jeff Purinton, who is actually an, F- an FSU alumni. He's right, been the executive deputy athletics director actually at Alabama. And to me, that's someone that's much younger than Alfred who can come in, kind of be the second, you know, the right-hand man there with Boosters and working, working together. They already have the right relationship. So to me, that's something that, because Alfred seems like to be someone after we've all talked to him. He's someone that always has a plan and is a purpose for everything he does. And that's someone you know you need for AD. Either way, guys, I'm glad we got to bring you this episode. A little long tonight, but that's okay because uh, sometimes we like them a little long. So we will see y'all tomorrow, every single day, five days a week. And this week we have a very special treat for you, and that is going to be our bowl. Spectacular. Later in the week. It's almost bowl season, and we will have the show for you. Danny Domino will be running it down, our favorite pick'em guy. Follow him at FR8 out of Vegas, Freight out of Vegas. You got Tally under uh, underscore underscore Drake. You got Go Knowles. What is it? G-O-0 out of 5S. Who knows? You don't even use Twitter. And you got at Max Moody 17. And together we are locked on Seminoles. Thanks for making us your first listen. Thanks for spending your morning with us. Have a great Monday.
We love you. We care about you. I'm Max, and this was Lockdown Simples. Take care, everybody. Come on down, Travis Hunter. <laughs> <laughs>